The crash site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yuggera and Turbal peoples. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's land. What is this? In the stand-up show. And that is going to be the introduction. That felt really good. We've got all your fun and games in a pocket. Don't get it. We've got all your fun and games right down the dreary lane. We've got all your fun and games in victory pocket lane. Oh, you're not sad, fuck it up time. 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 Do you remember the song? Three eight double five oh six. Six go five oh six. No 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 no. no. <laughs> one three double five six. One three double low six triple five oh six. I love all of us like fucked up. So many jokes with that, but if you beat, we got this. Let's kick it in the gear, just like truck drivers would. And. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. I heard that sentence. You know how everyone can hear sentences at like different points, right? I heard that sentence. <laughs> Let's kick it into gear like a truck driver's would. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. Nice. Yeah, if you were uh, never been yeah. with a truck driver, because uh, shout out <laughs> to all the truck drivers listening. Let's, yeah. Let's keep it like that. Have heard some stories. <laughs> We've all heard some stories, and speaking of stories, welcome <laughs> to what was once the Story Network podcast. Yeah, it was. But now it's the Crash it's Creative Podcast. We're still using the same cover? icon. Yeah, the yeah, same, the same cover icon. photo. It's a great, yeah. it's a great yeah, image. It is a good image, but it's missing two core factors. <laughs> it's missing a uh, slightly yeah. updated title and uh, probably just a slightly different colour scheme. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not aware of what Zed's referring to, it is a I- an illustration of himself. Mm. And neither Tarek nor myself are in said illustration. But, but that's that's, right. that's how Zed likes his illustrations, minus us. It's true. <laughs> it is. I'm glad we got that covered uh, to launch today's podcast. Yeah. I was thinking we could jump straight in and we could chat about one of our favourite Christmas topics. Ooh. Working with council. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought we were going to have a quick discussion about what we're all cooking for Christmas. Oh, well, well let's do that first. That's yeah, let's meant. check in and talk about what we're cooking for Christmas. Awesome. Tarek, you're first. All right. I'm cooking uh, roast and some pecan pie for my family's what Christmas. What kind of roast? Chicken roast and veggie. Let's see a roast chicken. Chicken roast. Mm, chicken roast, yeah. One chicken roast, please. <laughs> and I'm going to put pecan pie. Can I get paprika yeah. on the chips? <laughs> by by me saying I'm cooking a chicken roast, I will be stopping at Red Rooster on my way. <laughs> no, nice. <laughs> no, of course I'm cooking. Steamed um, hams. Yeah. I'm <laughs> um, probably, we've been doing some editing and stuff today as we normally are before the podcast mm. and catching up. Yeah, so is that what you're cooking for Christmas? So I've already said what I'm cooking. Now I'm checking in. Oh, that's your check-in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we're doing a full (laughs) check-in. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, sir. You're going to have to check in those bags there. They look a bit bit heavy. You're going to have to upgrade to um, above seven kilos, (laughs) sir. 25 kg, I think, is the next jump. Sorry, man. I I just, I just, it's just all the bricks that I need for my bricklaying job. (laughs) I thought I'd take them on carry-on. Is that your profession, sir? You're a bricklayer? No. Nah, I just like carrying bricks for right. my mates. <laughs> okay, good. That's great. <laughs> How are you? Br- not not brick man? Uh, yeah, it's back to me. Is there the not brick man? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Had a good day today. Tarek and I did some editing and some chatting. And then I went off, had a couple of meetings. And now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here. So I just imagine like 
instead of it just like a normal meeting, just like a whole like bunch of raw steaks like around a, a it's board just me. table. It's just me in a room, <laughs> naked with lots of steamed ham. <laughs> it's a, a meeting. meeting. <laughs> a meeting. Oh, so just a meeting. Yeah, Nothing so but a meeting. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Um, preparing for what I'm going to cook for Christmas. Mm. So Zane and I are hosting a Christmas uh, shindig at our house. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Everyone movie. who listens and to the podcast is, is invited. Is more than welcome. Um, our address is... Um, but we're, we're figuring out what we're going to cook there. But I know for either that or my family's Christmas, I'm going to be doing a turkey. Turkey. I've been watching some of the Jamie Oliver Christmas specials and I've been getting a bit of inspiration Going to mess around with a bit of a herbed butter. Might mm. try a Christmas pudding. Um, and some, pud. something else. My family's got a tradition of doing a trifle. Mm. So there's Same. usually, you know, like a big... We usually mix it up with a big trifle. We make our own custard, our own all of that jazz. So something like that. And, and here's a... I don't know. I don't know what else we're going to add in, but something to spice something. it up a bit. Something. I think. We'll, 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 brew, we'll brew on that. Yeah, over the next couple of days, I reckon. Lots of cooking in Spo going on in this house, you know. Lots of cuisines. Mm, lots of quizzes. Yep. Zane and I quiz each other regularly on um, different mm. food combinations. Mm-hmm. Chocolate and coffee, what would you add with it? Cream. There we go. How quick. So he's got so practice. Quick. Paprika and chips, what would you add with it? Bacon. Quick. So quick. All right, I'm coming in hot on <laughs> my check-in train. No. Ladies and gentlemen... You might have noticed there's a little bit more energy in this podcast. It's because the three of us are standing in a triangle. We, <laughs> we, we are revolutionizing the podcast industry today. We've yeah. decided that there's too much sitting. Too there's much. too much sitting it's down. So we it's are time to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're standing up and we've got, we've got a new energy with us. Yeah, so anyway, I'm feeling good. I had a day at work and then just came here and made a, a music track for a video we're putting out which is actually going to be recapping, documenting the event we hosted over the last couple of weeks because I don't know what... No, it's actually it's the original happening. Out. Oh, right. Okay, so the one that we did back in... April. Yep. May. Mm, May. So, yeah. So, that one, the one we did in... Um, <laughs> it was in April. September. Okay. <laughs> It was definitely April. And I don't I'll know why you didn't it. just say okay. yourself into the mic that it's in April. He I was just <laughs> miming it to me like it was a hostage <laughs> situation. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but what we were going to brainstorm for you, yeah, our audio listeners, um, is is how we've come to reflect on these events what we've learned in particular how we've grown when it comes to working with council and other parties yeah and other parties such as the timothy supreme party which was probably one of the best parties of the year i'd say Mm. timothy supreme um (laughs) i think they took this concept of you know, a party's namesake. <laughs> they really emphasised that everyone had to dress up as their favourite Timothy. Um, I obviously went as um, <laughs> t- 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 Timothy. Uh, I went. I actually, I actually mixed it up a little bit, and I went as Tim Tim. Um, a bit of a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. sort of play on Tin Tin. Nice. Um, but I also, you know, really like Tarek's. <laughs> I was Tim Tam. I, oh, <laughs> I was literally about to say that's what you were. Yeah, I went as a Tim Tam. Yep. Uh, it was pretty easy. Just got naked and <laughs> stood in a rectangular shape the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, people it was, yeah. People tried to bite me a lot. Yeah. It was kind of weird. But yeah. People dunk in milk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I actually that went to a that went to a weird space really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) We need to we need to stand more often. I have a um I have a proper question, um, which actually I thought of when we were at Timothy's (laughs) Supreme's party. It was sick. It was it was it was loose. I I got really sick off chops. 
absolutely off. Well, you yeah, had an allergic reaction to the pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on on the on the on the sort of topic of sustainability and events from the first event to the second event, and let's just for now confine to the council events that we worked yep. with worked on, which were in September and then December. So we had a couple of months between them. Yeah. Yeah. So from the first event to the second, what were the key points of growth where we actually became more sustainable as event planners and producers? So I think we came off the first one. I think one of the big ones is we came out of the first one and we were exhausted and we just, I think we realized that, you know, it was an event that we were partnering with council on, but we personally weren't getting paid. We're getting paid to put the event on, but we weren't actually paying ourselves. Mm. And, you know, it, it took like a couple of weeks of, or a couple of like really solid days of like full on work um, to get done. And I think we all came out of it and we're like, look, this was a great event. We got a lot out of it. But at the same time, we yeah. uh, were really just exhausted. <laughs> Sorry, just for, Sorry. Just Sorry. for all our <laughs> listeners at home, yeah. Zane has just <laughs> hit his head sharply against the corner of a wall. I'm okay. So, workplace Keep health going. and safety was another thing that we learned a lot about. Yes. Um, risk assessments. Risk assessments. Um, but I think I think what happened is we, we kind of lent into the idea with the second one of... <laughs> 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 Do you need emergency services? No, no, I, I do not need, need medical attention. <laughs> oh, good. You may have Zed, a small you a concussion. Really, you had a really good point coming up. I was really intrigued. Yeah, yeah. We, Sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It's okay. Okay. I'm okay. Okay. So I think one of the core. <laughs> I love this podcast. Now I'm the oh. last person left standing. The others have succumbed to sitting. Uh. Sorry, I need to let it out. I need to let it all out. Well, I actually think that ties in <laughs> to, <laughs> to what we were trying to talk about. Is that, like, through that process, we had to actually let our creativity kind of take over. We learned from the first event that a lot of the best discoveries and best ideas came the day of with those creative constraints but we didn't give ourselves enough time to actually enjoy that because we're so stressed to execute on so many different things. Mm. So we actually scaled the second event down and rather than trying to like work across multiple different rooms, we focused on, on one main space that we were going to activate and we really let our creativity kind of like guide that, that process. And we went, okay, we're actually going to just focus on what we really enjoy doing, which is doing an art installation. And so we like leaned into our strength of doing that and um, I think in the end it made it more sustainable because we actually were able to enjoy <laughs> what we were doing. Every time I look at Zane, he just rubs his head. <laughs> like, I wasn't even consciously doing that. Zane boy's in a lot of pain. Oh. No, and I think one of the other things that we really improved on from the first event to the second event was we were across a lot of different spaces <laughs> in the first event and we hadn't there wasn't enough kind of group interaction or something to yeah. culminate the day where everyone really got a chance to speak to everyone. So moving down the rooms lessening the um, installation amounts. It just meant that everyone was working out of the same space a little bit more as well. And everyone, I really do feel like the last event that's just happened, everyone got a chance to meet everyone and um, interact with different things they were making on that day. 
The boys have just absolutely lost it. I'm the only person holding this, so holding this ship together. I'm so sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I'll be right. I just keep like hearing the, the dog on replay. Dunk. Plug in your dunkle. Get made a dunkle. Tarek, I think you you are right though, is that by also condensing it, it worked in multiple ways. It was less work for us, but also I think what we really thought about was what's our actual goal of this event? And it was to introduce connections between between emerging people. artists. It was networking. Yeah. Like it was yeah. a networking event. So we had to create a space where people could actually network. And so by confining the space that actually prompted more like actual space and time for that networking rather than full out ex exploration which is what sort of happened with the first one so i think there's like something that you get from like the act of trying something out because the first one we totally winged it mm. and then we came out of it and we went look we're absolutely burned out and i don't know if we fully achieved our objective of providing a space for networking we put on a really cool event mm. but we didn't provide enough emphasis on the core point of the event which was to network and so we actually yep. took those lessons and we sort of created a way for us to be creative, but to have constraints around that so we weren't just like <laughs> overworking. And I think the other point was the whole idea of making a networking event <laughs> that was similar, that took ideas, sorry, of a happening, not necessarily was mm. exactly a happening, right? Because no. obviously you've got to change these things, especially um, when you're working with people who don't know each other or with counsel and stuff, there has to be prompts within the idea of a happening otherwise it's probably a little bit too disparate of an idea to communicate um to council who've got their own um requirements and stuff for uh supporting events like this <laughs> stop it i have a train of thought <laughs> yeah no i i agree i agree because also council is like a monolith right yeah as described by council employees yeah, yeah. So like, they're quoted by council. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Like that was, yeah, it was a funny, you know, thing to to hear. But they have their own procedures and processes that will will intrude on maybe what your like ultimate vision for an event could be, or a an installation or whatever you may be doing. But it's also like you've got a you've got a I think we've talked about this a lot is is using your constraints or like your limitations and actually leaning into that you know so for example um you know an age limit that we were we were set with right so that was a bit of a a bit of a hard thing to navigate but i think we sort of gained enough trust with council by the end that it wasn't just straight up turning people away but there were also people that were aware of it and then we could let in show around, but then, oh, like, sorry, this isn't for you, you know, or according to these guidelines. I think it's just one of those things where when you're doing some kind of collaborative event, you really have to look at um, what, what the goals are for both parties, right? And we were collaborating with council, specifically Visible Inc. Youth Hub, and they have an age range of 12 to 25. And that's who's allowed into the space. That's the age bracket that they have funding to support and provide services for. And the only thing that was a major clash for our collaboration with them was the crash site's general audience and a lot of the mm. people who we work with didn't fit within that age range. And of course, we wanted to go ahead and take up the opportunity a great opportunity to work with council and provide something for our community but unfortunately we couldn't service everyone within our brand's um, precise audience uh, because there was just there was a functional clash there that they just weren't really allowed to um, allow people above that age range into the space because them's the rules and unfortunately hardline rules are a legitimate thing when you're working mm. with council and it's always something you've got to keep in mind. I think it's a thing with all partners, right? Is when you like have a, when you partner with someone, is there are going to be constraints that you each put on one another, right? Like one of the constraints that we put on council was like, we don't want to do another boring networking event. 
the reason that networking events a lot of time just people get like generally creatives get squeamish at is because they're just like the same old like businessy kind of like bullshit right they're not engaging they're not interesting there's nothing that's actually propelling people to interact and we really wanted to push against that and what that meant is we needed more funding to execute on that like we could have done you know we could have halved our budget we could have done something that you know would have would have satisfied council but it wouldn't have been what we really wanted to do and it wouldn't wouldn't have served our creative ambitions so there is that give and take and i think like maybe one of the core lessons we get out of that is being really upfront and having those conversations early on where you see a potential clash because i think we didn't realize till after the first event how big of an impact that age restriction had on our events like it meant that a lot of people that were like really keen to come to this event we couldn't actually cater for um and with the second the second event i think our timing got a little bit messed up um you know it'd been raining for for days before and this was the first sunny day so a bunch of people who had booked tickets didn't end up showing up and i think what we learned from that is like because they're free tickets as well they're free tickets so it's easy to kind of be like oh you know i I haven't i've got no skin in the game for really you know like not showing Mm. up so i think and, and then a big part of our audience, you know, we weren't able to tap into. So we were having to reach a much thinner sort of known audience and sort of reach out to a lot of people that we hadn't made contact with. And I don't think, I don't think we were able to really hit our marketing, you know, to the capacity that we needed to to compensate for that. So I think it's really important to have those conversations earlier, make sure you're on the same page and understand like where hard and soft borders are, right? I think we initially just assumed it was a soft border and that we could get around it, but it was a hard border and we didn't clarify that early on. So I think it's like having those conversations around what is a hard border, what's a Mm. soft border for all parties is really important. I mean, I don't want to derail this great conversation after some of the derail we've had already, but (laughs) that was just a great example of why Zed should be in politics, talking about hard and soft borders (laughs) and the difference between the two. I was just listening to you to Zed and I'm like, Peter Beatty. <laughs> Peter Beatty. Peter Beatty. He's actually uh, our, our guest, our Christmas guest. Nice. Oh, could you imagine? I think I'm going to stand up again. Oh, here Welcome. we go. Watch Welcome. your head. Oh, I've made it, folks. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's shift a bit because I think we talk, you know, I, I think that's really our main lessons we get out of something like this. Yes. It's around partnerships and how you work with people. I think the next thing really looking at it is we're at a stage with Crash at the moment, where we're starting to go, all right, we've done this year where we've done a lot of different things. Big we've tried, you know, we've tried a heap of things a out. tasting done, board. Yeah, and like we talk about them a lot. You guys are probably sick of hearing us, you know, mention them all, <laughs> right? Um, but we've done a bunch of stuff. We've tried stuff out. We've come out of it. Fortunately, we've done it in a way where we haven't lost money, right? So we've been able to work mm-hmm. our normal jobs, fund our projects independently and, and come away with not losing money, being able to pay artists. Yes. You know, which is something we're very passionate about. And One with of this our last core ev- values. You know, and with this last event, we're able to pay ourselves a little bit too, yeah. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But now we're looking at a point where we go, okay, where do we go from here? Like what's next for us? Because we need to find a way to build a, su- a sustainable business model where it makes sense for us to do this. And we can shift out of Crash being this periphery focus into something that's actually sort of front and center of our vision for our own individual careers and our collective vision as creatives trying to run a business. Mm. So for you guys, what do you think are some of the key lessons that you've got from this year that you're taking with you as we start to brainstorm what next year and the years beyond that could look like? I think the biggest thing for me is like, if we have an idea, we can execute it. And and there's there were moments where we, we could put bounds on what we thought were possible, but literally, just thinking of the the scale of execution from what we've done this year and like pat on the back but also just to shoot for the stars with that not limit ourselves just set a goal and just go yeah i think that's for me i think that's like a a real cool one too in the sense of like if i think a lot of the t- a lot of the time people settle for this like middle ground because it's like it's easy and it's accessible and you go oh i can put on like a a little theater show and i can put it in this festival and i can do this like thing because i enjoy doing it safe 
you know, and it's safe and, it, and, and there's no real, like, like necessarily risk involved. But at the same time, you're not actually really pushing yourself, not really pushing the culture around you. You're not creating work that maybe is challenging the status quo. And I think that's something we all came with wanting to do. And I think we can be proud of that we did manage to do that in a lot of respects this year. And I think our learning as individuals and as a collective has compounded massively from doing that. And I think you're exactly right, is there is real mm. value in going, all right, what's, the, like, what's our dreams thing that we could do? Okay, you know, we want to do this crazy big project. Normally, you'd need to be an established company with thousands of dollars backing you to execute a project like this. Okay, how do we hack the system to do that better? Where can we find partnerships? What it, you know, what's the, um, there's this idea in this book um, that I remember reading once, and I have to find the author, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, but it's called The Third Door. And it's kind of like he based it off like a, a, um, a nightclub analogy of, you know, like there's always like sort of the main entrance where like everyone lines up and waits. Then there's like the VIP entrance. So you've like built a relationship over time and you've got the clout, you know, you're an established company or you're an established sort of brand and entity. But there's always a third door, the third door that you sl slip in behind someone and you like jump on the back of a cart and slide into the main room and then you meet someone and then they open the main doors for you. And, and I think it's really thinking like in that way, like really think about creative ways to open that third door. That's a really good point. I think for me, moving forward from things that we've learned this year, looking forward for Crash, um, as much as we love it and as much as it is a beautiful way to connect directly face to face with our community, I think unfortunately we're gonna have to look at moving away from live events in the new year, you know, or at least just establishing more of a digital um, portfolio and flexing our digital media muscles as much as we have flexed our live event muscles this year. Because realistically, when you look forward at creative industries, that's where a lot of things are moving. If we want to grow, crash, then I, the live event sector, there's just not that much room for growth and your expenditure is just so high you're walking away with so little after so much physical and emotional exertion so yeah probably looking at moving forward to more digital content more digital work mm. and cementing our brand within the digital space mm. more we've got so much content as well right like mm. that we can start to actually properly document from all that hard yard in yeah. all well those hard yards. That's what we were just writing out our list today and we set mm. a bunch of deadlines to get all of the things because we've done all of this amazing live event work and we've gone to the extent of um, recording it all, and documenting it all very well mm. to high quality, but then we haven't done the post and we haven't presented mm. it to a digital audience and we haven't put the effort in to widen that digital audience which is a really important thing. Well, I think also it's one of those things that all of us have said, no, this is what we want to focus on. We want to shift to digital. We can see it. We have a vision for this. But we've been so bogged down with these other large commitments that take so much brain capacity and so much mm. energy and effort and creative like creative force to actually execute on, you know, like the, the, even though like some of these events are like a one afternoon event, like there's so much that goes into it just yeah. from an energy perspective. And I think for us it's really been going okay like now it's we've got to simplify in order to amplify we have to go like what is our real mission and our vision here for us as a collective and what it w how can we reach the biggest possible audience and build the largest most engaged um and accessible community for the people that we really want to serve and then how can we look at possible business models and sustainable you know like financial structures that make that viable for us so that we can go all in because mm. that's what we want because i think the issue we've come out with is that you're exactly right with these live events at the scale that we're able to operate on them there's like there's so much eff time effort energy financial risk that goes into these live events and there just isn't the ability to scale that on the back end and get the returns that make it make sense financially or from a business mm. perspective in terms of longevity and what we've learned since 2019 through to 2021 is the live event sector is always fluctuating at the moment. And there's been times we've missed networking events due to COVID shutdowns. You know, you always have to go in with these digital backup plans, but 
what if you just dropped the start of the plan and you focused on the digital plan, you know, like, and all of that time and energy went into your your digital um, audience, it would make a massive difference as to as compared to always having it as your plan B, when realistically, especially with COVID the way it is, it's going to end up being your plan A anyway. I think also, like, it's this idea of, like, we need to figure out what our one thing is. You know, like, I, it's, there's a great book, terrible with authors' names. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to, we'll have to add it in somewhere. Um, but, thank you. Um, but, like, it was something that we spoke about early in the year. I remember, like, I, I think I shared some notes I'd taken on this book. It's called The One Thing. It's basically, like, every business, every person, like, we have one thing that we can focus on and we can be really good at and we can pursue, right? And I think this year we've, we've sort of thrown like a large net around live events and community building and all of these things. But we need to bring it down for the moment to what is our one thing? Like what are we really going to hone in on, focus on, improve our skills on and look to apply them in a way that can, you know, really build community and reach these goals that we have for ourselves. Like we want to be creators. We want to be creative consistently. Like we want that to be our day job. And the only way that makes sense is so that we can actually start replacing some of the, that income and that we can be building a, an active community. Like, it's why we started this podcast, is we want to have more intellectual, engaging conversations with other creatives. We want to be looking at different pathways to be financially independent and sustainable within the arts industry. We want to create work that pushes boundaries and challenges ourselves and the, and the, and the culture around us to question, to you know, explore, to be curious. Like, that's what we really want to do. And we want to do that in a way that is sustainable and where we can see, you know, a future for our creative careers as collective, as a collective and as individuals and for a broader community. And I think it's really coming down to, okay, if that's our vision, that's our mission, like, what is the one thing we need to focus on to get us going there? And I think we all know, we've said it over and over again, is it's digital. Like, we have to build a digital build digital infrastructure to be able to execute on that we need something so that we can be engaging with people more like we you know to our listeners out there like i think we're really passionate about trying to engage with you more create an online community space where we can be talking regularly you know whether that's using you know uh infrastructure like discord and you know other social communities where we can actually be having these conversations where we can be challenging each other to make more art and be creative on a day-to-day basis and get rid of this need to you know, m- make things that are perfect, but to actually challenge ourselves on a, on a day, weekly, monthly basis to create and express ourselves. Mm. I was also thinking, who's to say that there's not, I mean, like these events are pretty large scale and take a lot of work, but who's to say there's not enough or not as the same amount of value in just getting together every now and again, you know, with, with the, the, the collaborators around you or the, the artists within your circles. You know, I'm thinking about like just little little get-togethers we've done lately, and how how rewarding they have been for me, and how much I cherish those moments. You know. <coughs> so yeah, I I think it would if the platform can encourage a, you know a community where yes, you're like encouraging each other and and exciting each other and talking all the time, being accountable, but also then there's the opportunity to go oh, okay, well let's meet up, like let's see what you've been doing or something like that. I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like that comes back to our three core pillars that we started with, like connect, right? Create, finding a space to connect, mm-hmm. right? Digitally that then manifests in the physical world, yeah. right? Yeah. Create, there's that personal creation, but then there's that creation that comes collectively when you actually get in a space with other people, which naturally leads to collaboration, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's in, it's in like the DNA we've kind of made for ourselves, but <laughs> I think we've been trying to figure out how to work within it how to mm. actually like build a map forward and i think mm. that's we've we've tested the waters now and mm-hmm. we're now at a point to go okay like mm. let's really like try and build a pathway through mm. Mm. i think coming off of that you know as as we do sort of look forward there's also this idea of balancing the long term and the short term and i think this is something we've kind of reckoned with a little bit recently too it's like all right well what's our long-term vision you know, for, for our lives as individuals and as, as friends and as collaborators. Mm. And, you know, like, what are some of the goals? What's the lifestyle that we want to be living? Because I think we've also come out of this and gone, oh, like, this has been a great year. We've done a lot as a collective and as individuals. But I think we're also pretty burned out. Mm. Um, 
you know, like I, you know, uh, the summer we've spoken about, but I know, um, for me, like I'm getting to the end of the year and I'm just exhausted. Like I'm, and I'm still working. I've got to be, wa- I've got a bunch of things I've got to wrap up before the end of the year. Mm. And I'm just, I know I can't keep doing this to myself where I'm working ridiculous hours, but I'm also like falling into this trap of just being busy, not necessarily being effective. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I started rereading, um, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Hey, there we go. Nice. Remember an author, nice one. um, which was a book I read oh, right before I, right as I finished high school, I think I first read it. Um, and I sort of have come back to it recently and it's like really clicked and hit home. Um, this idea of like efficiency doesn't matter if you're not being effective, mm. right? You can be efficient at checking email 30 times a day. You know, you can be really great at how you check your email, but it's about being what's being effective. Okay, like if if I'm going to check my email, I should do it at like two core points, sift through it, you know, set it operationally so that I'm getting what needs to be done and I'm allocating my time on what actually is going to have the biggest impact. You know, that idea of the 80-20 principle. What is the 20% of the work that needs to be done that's going to get me 80% of the results? And I think... As a uh, you know, I, I can speak for myself as an individual, and I think for us as a company, we've kind of fallen into this idea of, of busy work. We've put a lot on our plates, but we haven't necessarily been effective with how we've executed with a lot of the behind the scenes side of things. Eighty percent of the work, twenty percent of the output. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is which is where we've yeah. ended up. Yeah. How do you think we overcome that? You know, what 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 do you think maybe our next steps are for actually? you know, moving forward into 2022 with, with a new take on that one, flipping that um, ratio in our favour? I think one of the main things that, and we talked about this really early on in the podcast, but I do think something that's going to be very beneficial for us would be having harder lines with timetables. We spend a lot of time shifting stuff around because other things come up or we're not, we're not prioritising crash as a main thing in our lives and then everything gets shifted or we don't end up having someone when we need someone so then that job gets moved so then that job maybe gets forgotten something like that but introducing harder timelines and clearer clearer timetables for working time when we're together as well unfortunately one of the harder things to do especially when you're working with friends as much as that is a dream for I presume a lot of people in life, um, it's really easy to fall off the wagon. It's really easy to just want to hang out and catch up. And, you know, you've only got uh, small pockets of time because we're all so busy in our personal lives as well. So really allocating work time and catch-up time, I think would make a massive difference for us. I also think the next thing, (laughs) going to go on a bit of a rant here, but I also think the next um, most important thing for us personally, is workflow through our devices and how we can all access our files and being clearer with um, the uh, with the applications that we're using and stuff. You know, we've got a company Facebook chat that is also kind of just like a Bant chat, but is also the work chat. I don't know if we need to introduce emailing each other as a more formal way to put things. Um, we're using like Google Workspace and we're using Notion and I'm, I think we haven't completely worked out the workflow between those, mm. especially if we're moving to digital, workflow is going to become really important for content production. We, I think we need to figure out what, yeah, what software we're using, that everyone's got up-to-date devices that mean that they can achieve different jobs um, so that you know, it doesn't all just fall on the one person who's got the right device to pull the thing off at the time, you know, because we've got to be able to share the workout between the three of us. And we've also got to be able to upskill in areas that we might not have had access to if we didn't have the device for it, you know. So workflow is definitely um, something that we should spend some time researching and really finessing out, which I think was a main goal for us when we first started. And then obviously we got busy, we get caught up in busy work and then it kind of fell off and we didn't stick to a lot of good habits and rules that we created at the start. Mm. 
mean, it's even interesting. Like we used to have uh, every Monday, we'd have like our business meeting for the week, and we get we get going, and then we got busy, and we just didn't keep up with that. And mm. um, I think I think you're exactly right. As we we came into it, and we're like, okay, we know we need to build some kind of infrastructure for operating, but none of us really had that experience of how to organize that. And I think also what we failed to do is we failed to set really clear roles for each other and how we actually held each other accountable for our work and like how we defined ourselves because we kind of went, okay, it's like the three of us. We're like, you know, like the three amigos running a thing and we're all like equal playing ground and like do this. But, but what starts to happen there is if you don't have clear roles and responsibilities and you don't have a real clear like system of operations, it becomes really hard to track. And it, that also I think was born out of the fact that we're also interested in so many areas of work within what we're trying to do within starting a business that we all want to try different bits and that's fine like even if there was a way for us to allocate really clear roles and then at some point in the year you you all swapped and you all got to try a different role that's fine but just as Zed was saying like the the mess of just like wow I don't know can you do it can it can we do it I don't know maybe I can do it I'll google it like we need clearer roles and responsibilities and lists, clearer lists. <laughs> lists. 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 We need clearer lists. But I also think it's like that separation of um, of work, work and play, right? As fr- as friends, like working with friends, it's like, all right, like these are our hours, these are our work hours. We have limited work hours, and we need to like set set that time and I think we've spoken about that and you know like it's great because it's like we're all such good friends but it's like also we need to I think the other thing is like we have to put skin in the game like I think we've really hesitated from actually investing too much and take like risking our own financial assets our own you know like um reputations of like actually being the face of this brand and trying to build something that has an impact and I think I think we all know where that's come from too is because there is that hesitancy in doing that and it's scary and it does take a lot. But I think for us to move forward, it's like we have to have skin in the game. And I think something I was um, something that I was pondering the other night actually was we've almost kind of fallen into this consumerist trap that money is like the most um, the most valuable thing that you can have when realistically we have been putting physical and emotional and creative time, Mm. all of it, a lot of it, into crash. But we just haven't taken that bet on ourselves with money. And everything else we put into crash is so much more valuable. So the fact that we're just like kind of scared to just back that up with a little bit of coin, that is realistically not as valuable as what we've already been putting in, uh, I think is also... uh, a shift that I at least know needs to change personally, you know? I think we've got to, yeah, we've got to rewrite our money story, like as individuals and as a company, right? Is I think because, I think as creatives too, it's like our biggest fear, right? Is that financial stability, like saving, but it's like you've got to invest money to make money. You've got to invest money for us to actually Mm. have these experiences and be able to like value what we do, you know, our biggest asset, which is our time. Mm. We are busy, you know, we do have a lot of things going on and we've got to like find a way to like clarify that, not only be effective with our time, but figure out how to be effective with our, you know, financial commitments to this business, to each other and to what we're doing because, you know, it's that literacy, you know, that financial literacy and the way that we apply it is going to, is actually going to allow us to level up and allow us to invest in what we're trying to build, which I think, you know, all of us are really, really passionate about. And we've already done the hardest part. We've already mm. done the hardest. We are, we are ready to give ourselves and our experiences and our creative autonomy to this collective, right? And we are ready to be very honest with each other and have super hard chats. That is the hardest part. You can throw as much money mm. at a business as you want, but if you're not already there, I don't know how far you're going to get. Mm. So, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've gotten held up on something that should be far more trivial. I think that's how we like, that's when we look back on this year, that's what this year's been. This year's got us to this point. Mm. We've got to look back and we go, okay, we know we can do it. Like, we know we can do it now. 
Like we've tested the waters. We know we can work together as a team. We know that our biggest asset as a team, we know that we have a very clear vision and that there's a need for this community that we wanted to want to build. But the next step is we actually have to like push ourselves a little bit. We actually have to take the risks now, <laughs> right? Because the stuff we've done, as much as we've said they're taking risks, we've actually found a way for it to be in our comfort zone, yeah. right? We've found a way for other people to fund our things. We've been sneaky. We've got those third doors, you know? Um, but now it's time to actually go, all right, we've, we've got enough of them. We've got a brand that's developing. We now need to stand there and actually like back ourselves with it. You know, we need to go, we're going to we're gonna stand behind this idea and we're actually going to commit to it. And in a weird fucked up way, that's kind of how you scream at the world that you believe in something is you, you put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And if we stand there and we're like, this is what we're investing into. We're mm -hmm. investing ourselves and we're investing our capital into this business because we believe in it. And that does give you a seat at certain tables, but, you know, trying to figure out the cheapest way to do things doesn't give you, you know, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it's also a little bit of a respect thing, especially as we were talking earlier about partnerships and collaboration, it does change how other people view you as a business when you're actually um, bringing financial, uh, financial investment to the table. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to motivate us. I think it's like a, I think for us to sit down and keep having this conversation on our own and like, I, th I think there's value in this podcast too for us to be able to have this conversation and talk about where totally. we're at, you know, and like, and where we're sitting and to have a deeper conversation where it's like, all right, what is this vision? You know, make sure we're all on the same page. Make, so make sure that we can like really crunch those numbers, be honest with one another, like really be open about this because we know like, you know, we have an amazing friendship. We have an amazing relationship. We have like a team here that, has each other's back, that trusts one another, that believes in one another, right? And we have a community of people that have become a part of this this sort of wider circle as well this year, you know, that we've really found like, you know, like a tribe that sort of like like believes in what we do and like gets value out of it. And I think we know that there's something here. And the next step for us is to really just like sit down, get into the nitty gritty and go, all right, how do we make this work? So I think there's a lot coming for, for 2022. Yeah, taking that big old leap into the void, baby. Leaping yeah. into the void. Big old leap. Big old leap. Big old void. Also, can I ask what that flashing was? It's lightning. Nature oh, yeah. is supporting our choice awesome. to further our careers. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, we have a bit of a thunderstorm br a brewing. I did want to go for a climb today, but that's fine. Not Nature, happening. you do your thing. Yeah. Well, we, we hope that you're all having a lovely day or night listening to this podcast. We know you're out there. So reach out to us on our socials at The Crash Site, Facebook and Instagram mainly. Um, but yeah, we don't know what the rest of the year looks like for us at the moment, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, I think this will probably be our last podcast for the year. We'll, we'll wrap up here. We're, we're sort of all taking our respective time to sort of decompress a little bit, wrap up the last stuff that we mm -hmm. do have on. And we know a lot yeah. of other people will be doing that as well. So um, yep. there might be a sneaky episode in there if we all end up in the same place. Yep. But yep. this is sort of our last official, official. podcast yeah. for 2021. Yeah. Thank Isn't you so much. Surreal, yeah, wow. that's wild. <laughs> is yep. this, this is the 20th. 20th. So 20, 20 weeks in a row. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's massive. That's yep. also just like for us to look back on and go, that is a big achievement. Like we've stuck to this. Mm. We've done 20 episodes. Yep. Um, yeah. Even when it's been sort of tough times <laughs> to sort of make it work. But I think we get, a, you know, I think we get a lot out of this podcast and we hope people listening have got a lot out of it. Yeah. You know, like we'd love to hear, like if you know us personally, send us a message or yeah, message our social media or, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can send any of us an email with our first name at thecraftsite.com.au. Um, let us know what you liked about the season. Any ideas you have of what you'd like to see next season. We'll probably amp back up um, sometime sort of January, February next year yep. with the podcast to get things going yep. again. But keep us in the loop. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. And just as we've been discussing in this podcast about growth and um, investing more time and stuff into our projects and our digital audience, like please let us know what you'd want out of next year and what you liked about this year and ideas if you have any. Mm. Uh, we'd love to look at the idea of bringing some other people into the podcast and getting yep. some other um oh i've forgotten the word now sorry getting <laughs> getting some other perspectives mm -hmm. 
on the topics that we discuss as well and introducing you guys to these amazing artists that we have been working with because we talk so much about our tribe and <laughs> we are so community yeah. focused and we would love to amplify their platforms as well. Yep, and their voices. Yeah, and I, I was just as a little sweet reminder that this was our first creative project that we were intending to invest in long term with a weekly like schedule. I think we're we're pretty doing pretty good at it and it's a very natural form for us. Yeah, like let us know what you're working on and if if you want any tips or tricks and that might, you know, make inform future episodes because you know we love to have a have a fat yap mm. on these episodes. <laughs> and I was also thinking that I could do like a best of because yeah, there, there's yeah. a quite a few f uh, for me personally I I listen back to these things and I just I just laugh at yeah. them. Yeah. And we've had fun. Yeah, we've yeah. Had, we've we had do to have, have fun. fun. We do have we fun. We do have fun. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's people out there that and you tell me, oh, it's, you know, this I enjoy this. So keep keep giving us affirmations, whether they're positive or negative. We'd love to hear it. Um, yeah. I think I, that's my brain lapsing. And yeah. yeah. Well, I'd have a good holidays. Yeah. Have Thanks. a good holidays, everyone. Stay safe. Take some time to reflect and, mm. and decompress. And, um we look forward to chatting with you very, very soon yeah. in 2022. Also, I actually realized what I was going to say. The beauty of this thing is that it's out there on the internet. Mm. And so it's going to stay there for a while. So we don't know when people might be listening to this or when it might be you know, relevant or necessary. But just yeah. the thought of that makes me feel good. This is the first of many seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's like so a little audio time capsule for anyone <laughs> who wants to look yeah. back at <laughs> what an interesting year 2021 was for emerging artists in <laughs> Australia, Brisbane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. I actually wonder if we could listen back to weeks and be like, oh, yeah, we were stressed then. We were stressed. I think we could. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I trust think me, we could take it. <laughs> I'm a good stress detector. Oh, a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> My head's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're gonna good. go. We're gonna go ice Zane's head, yeah. um, and yeah. try and deal with some of the laughter that's still hiding deep within us. <laughs> um, but have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening. Good morning, good evening, and good night. All, all of the above. <laughs> um, and yeah, so much love, and we'll chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.